Welcome to the Rookie of the Year podcast, where you will get tips and tricks from previous Rookie of the Year agents around the country. And now, your hosts, Will Holdren and Gusty Goulas. How's it going, everyone? My name is Will Holdren, and I am the host of the Rookie of the Year Real Estate Podcast. And today, we have a very special guest. His name is Marco Rendazzo. And Marco was a past Rookie of the Year agent with A with eight through Z Real Estate, and he is also based in Colorado. So it's an absolute honor to have him on here today. So Marco, thank you so much for joining me. What's up, Will? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, man. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to this conversation because, you know, it's always impressive to see Rookie of the Year agents and how you guys actually got to where you are. So um, to kind of dive into it, I kind of want to go into your childhood a little bit. So you kind of talk about what your childhood was like and kind of and how it kind of helped to turn you into who you are today. Wow, my childhood. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm from a big family. So- I'm one of seven kids. Um, it was a lot of uh, music and sports and homes. I'm a, from one of those Christian homeschool families that you've heard about. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was fun. So uh, I don't really know how that informed necessarily where it got to in real estate, which is much later. But the music piece has always stuck with me. I mean, I have a I have a background in music production, music. Uh, t- I was a music teacher primarily, um, and so you know that traced through my life uh, in loving music, loving to help people. And I do implement some of the music in my real estate um, business, but uh, a lot of the real estate business is helping people straight up. So, right. So when you were growing up, did you want to go into the music industry to begin with, or did you always have real estate on your mind? Like, you know what, I'm going to be a realtor and smash the real estate industry and become, I did not, (laughs) I did not have real estate on my mind. I have never met anyone who's like, as a kid, I really wanted to become a realtor. Uh, have you? No, I have not. I'm not um, I'm, maybe they're out there, you know, so I right. don't know. No, I, I always loved music. I always wanted to be in music. And uh, I did music full time for like 10 years before my wife and I took our wedding photography business full time. That's what we did for the last like five years before I was in real estate. But no, I, I never actually thought I'd be in real estate, but um. Uh, we bought our first house here in Colorado and like six years ago. And I did love going through that process. I was like, this is amazing. I mean, it was hard, right? We lost some homes on the way, but I did really like it. And then it was honestly, it was a couple years ago. I was camping with a close friend of mine. Um, and she was like, Marco, you should do real estate. And I had never thought about it before. And this is like, right. Um, when COVID was like about to, COVID was about to hit. This was like the summer before that. Um, And, you know, she was really successful with her business. And we actually met her through the wedding industry. They were, she was one of our brides that we shot. Um, And we're out there camping with her and her husband and our dogs and my wife, Lizzie. And it was so fun. And I don't know. I was just like, yeah, that's a a good idea. It's working for you. I'm going to try this. And I dove in hundred percent. And it was good timing too, because that was right when COVID really changed a lot of the world. Um, a lot of our wedding business got delayed or canceled. A lot of my music business went to online lessons, which, you know, was just not as sustainable. Um, and then I just transitioned into full-time real estate and and here we are. Wow. So you completely switched out of your two businesses, your music and your wedding photography and jumped fully into real estate and kind of just left those other things behind. Like, what was that transition like for you? Like, were you nervous at all? Like, what if I don't get any sales, like in the first eight months? Like, like, what was that transition like? Yeah. Have any income, you know? I was super nervous. I mean... It's a risk. I, the I had an advantage in the sense that I had started a couple of businesses before, 
and I like new things. I like new endeavors and challenges. And I've, I've always liked running my own business and real being a real estate agent is very much in that space. You know, you have, you get no paychecks unless you work hard and help people. Um, and so, yeah, it was a hard, I mean, it took me six months, man, before I closed the deal, you know, wow. um, that's where I'm at, you know? So I've got other, a lot of other newer agents like ask me, you know, how'd you do it? Like, how'd you get going? And they're like a month or two in, I'm like, Hey, I have no, but I know a lot of agents who close deals like soon within a, a few months, they right. crush it. So it's like, you're going to be fine. Cause it took me, it took me a while, but I mean, just like anything, it's practice, it's time in the industry. It's, it's getting those reps in, it's having those conversations with people, doing open houses, talking to other experienced agents, just doing the work. Um, and then the results will come. Gotcha. And so during that whole six month period of where you didn't have any sales coming in, like, were you thinking at all, like, maybe this isn't for me? Like, did you ever think about going back into the wedding industry? Or were you just saying like, no matter what, I'm sticking this out. You know, I don't get a sale. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? like, yeah, no, I hear No, there was definitely times when I thought like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work, you know? Right. Um, but I mean, so with, and this is not just true of real estate. This is true with a lot of things that, at the point of where things are uncomfortable is where you're going to have your biggest growth. Like you're, you're right there, you know? Yep. Um, and I'm still like, I'm constantly getting into new barriers and challenges and pushing through them. And, but the first one is a, is a really big hurdle to get over. I mean, I was, I was pretty motivated in the sense that I really wanted uh, real estate to, to work essentially to replace um, all my music teaching income to replace all of our wedding photography income. Um, at the time we were, you know, hoping to have a kid soon and it took a, it took a long time to get our kid. But, um, once we had him and, you know, and we got pregnant during the pandemic, we had him during the pandemic, but it wasn't too long after I got into real estate that we, that we got pregnant. I was very motivated to, uh, make this work so that we didn't have to go back to leaving every weekend and eventually having to drop him off with a babysitter. You know, we don't have a lot of family out here, that kind of thing. Right. So my, um, my why, W-H-Y, my big why was this needs to work because I want to uh, ultimately give Lizzie, my wife, the chance to, if she wants to take a year off be with her kids, she can. And that's what she just did. And she wouldn't have been able to do that like with, with the money I was making for music. So that was my main motivation. Um, I didn't really see it as a choice to succeed or not. I just had to. And so that's, that's why I did. Gotcha. And that's a, that's a very powerful one. I love that you brought that up because, you know, since I've, as long as I've been doing my podcast, I mean, I've had a hundred of guests on and all of them had like that one kind of moment in their story where something just clicked for them. They're like, their backs against the wall and they kind of just have to go for it. Like there's no way they're going to go back to the, what they've been doing for the past like five years, something like that. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so that's kind of your moment. Like when you realize your why and you got a kid coming, you got to make this work out. And then once you have your back against the wall, like you're saying, you're hundred percent committed. And then, yeah, you know, success is on the other side of that. So I think you're a cool kind of story of how that works out. Sure. For sure. Right on. Yeah. And so uh, after those six months, you got your first sale. And um, how many sales did you end up with in your first year? Um, my first year, I think I did 22 deals. Gotcha. So, so you did 21 deals in six months after doing one deal in six months. Yeah. <laughs> how does that happen? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. It's part, yeah. Part, I mean, part of it is just the nature of, of real estate conversations, right? I meet you. Hey, Will, um, 
you know, are you, I'm just curious, like, and this is not how this would happen, but are you thinking about buying a house? But like, let's just say in our, like, I'll ask you, like, actually, are, like, do you own a home right now? I do not own a home. Would you, are you thinking about owning a home one day or do you plan to rent forever? Yeah. Next couple of years, I'll probably be in a home. Cool. Right on. Well, we'll stay in touch. If you have any questions in a couple of years, let me know. Like you're going to be a person who buys a home. I don't work in your market in Pennsylvania, but if I did, you know, I'd, I'd, you know, send you a link to my podcast. I'd stay in touch with you. Um, you know, I, just so you see me as a resource and then, you know, you're a case that's more like a year or two away. That's a little bit longer. Right. But you know, you meet people who, um, you know, meet people at open houses. I did a lot of open houses. I did, uh, I think I've done 50 open houses both years in real estate. So I've done over a hundred during COVID and too? yeah, during, I mean, there was a time when you couldn't, you know, gotcha. um, but I still managed to do about that many. Um, yeah, there's a lot, but I wanted to meet a lot of people and it turns out there's a lot of people out there who need help. And it turns out there's a lot of realtors out there that suck. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so the bar is so low, man. It's so, it costs like a couple thousand dollars and like a couple months of hard work online. And then you take a test, which like half of it is not even very helpful stuff. Like in the state of Colorado, the stuff they want you to know, some of it's helpful, but a lot of it is just red tape in my opinion. Nah, I feel so the same exact way. 100%. Yeah. So, so the bar is kind of low to get your real estate license. As a result, there's a lot of people out there who don't know what they're doing. Who's doing it part-time who aren't being honest with people who aren't helping them to their full potential. And so I just, you know, my mindset was I'm going to be that person. I'm going to find out everything I can about this business. I've done it. I bought a house. Like I went through the process mm -hmm. um, and I know I can help other people do the same. And so, you know, to answer your question, I would meet a lot of people that are like, I'm starting the home buying process and my lease is up in three months or four months or five months, you know? So all those people that I met in the first few months, I was staying in touch with them and then it would eventually have a buyer's consultation and really sit down with them and show them what it's going to take. Um, you know? And so those, those deals that started six months in were just a result of the work. And even right now, like yesterday I had a buyer's consultation with someone who's, you know, coming here from California and uh, they're going to be starting to shop in May, you know, so we're like putting the pieces together now, you know, so I'm still always doing it. You got to, you got to set things up for, for future business and be prepared to help people when the time is right for them. Right. So. And it's just interesting to me of like how stuff can just click like all at the same time. So just like you, like the first six months, something happened, but the next six months you got 21 deals. You know what I mean? And how many agents would quit in like that first six months? Like, I don't know what the agent like success rate is, but I know it's like crazy low. So I'm assuming like most agents quit during that first six month period of when they don't get that deal coming in. Yeah. A lot of them do. I don't know. I don't know either what the stats are. I've heard a bunch of different things in the yeah. same kind of space, but the shelf life of a realtor is not very long. Like a lot of them are out of the business after a couple of years. Right. Um, COVID really tanked a lot of them, you know, made things tough. So. And you, you just started in COVID. So I did. I mean, I tell people, I, I think it's an advantage to me, honestly. And like, you know, you too, like you're, you're getting into the real estate business. You're learning so much like early on, that's fantastic. You're going to have such an edge over people who have been in real estate for 20 years and who have known like the buyers, you know, a market where it's balanced to favor buyers, you know, like uh, you don't know that world. I don't know that world. Um, I don't even know if it's coming, especially in big cities where it's so you know, heavily balanced towards sellers right now. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's an advantage to us because, you know, at least for me, right? Like I'm in my third year of real estate. Everything I've known has been 
in the COVID in the COVID world. Right. So it's been really low inventory. It's been really low interest rates. It's been a high, high amount of buyers, very competitive, you know, so that's, you know, I know what it takes to get a buyer under contract. I know what it takes to sell a home and maximize it for the net profit for the seller. Mm-hmm. And things have been, you know, they've changed over the, over the last couple of years, but like largely it's, it's been this COVID or post COVID space, which has been a, just a different kind of, space than, than it was before. So I think it gives us an advantage knowing this, you know, having the experience now in it. 100% and kind of starting like the hardest part. So hopefully like it should get easier as we move out of COVID. Um, yeah. And we have Gusty Goulis who just joined us. He's actually my co-host. So he'll be on. Here. What's up, Gusty? What's up, Marco? Hey, man. And so cool name, just like you. apologies to everybody. It's okay. And so, yeah, well, like I was saying, that's and that was the last time I ever wore pants. <laughs> well, Gusty, you, Gusty, you missed the whole story. No, hey, look, uh, I, I know that's a that's a, uh, a load of you know what because um, I was backstage. He hadn't let me in just yet. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I mean, so I was I was waiting. I was ready. I cool. was like, put me in, coach. Put me in. You're ready to rock. Okay. Oh cool. my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Marco, moving on. So you were talking about having that conversation with pretty much everyone you meet in order to get those leads. And so I'm kind of curious, like, are you going to like the grocery store and having that conversation with like random people that you meet in the grocery <laughs> store? Or is it like just the people you meet in open houses? Or how do you start that conversation? Is that the first thing you say to someone? Or what does that look like? I mean, I'd be lying if I said I was never that annoying realtor who's in line at, you know, at Starbucks. You turn around and you're like, How's your day going? You want to buy a house? You know, I mean, uh, maybe early on. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of those lead generation strategies and scripts, quote unquote, that you learn at a, a big brokerage like Keller Williams Real Estate, which is where I was my first year. Biggest real estate company in the whole world, right? They're a great company, but they do teach a lot of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, if you're in line and you hear someone talking about the market. And your realtor, you know, without being weird, like turn around and comment like, sure, you meet people like that. But uh, open houses was a big one for me. That's where I um, I probably have done 30 percent of all my business from people I've met at open houses in the last couple of years. Wow. And that equates to like, I don't know, 20 deals or something like that. Marco, could you so, share like how like when when because I think I mean, there's a true art to doing an open house because a lot of people are like scared of open houses and and a lot Mm -hmm. of people just don't understand. So could you walk us through like what you do from a open house perspective? Sure. Um, I mean, I, I do them for my own listings a couple of weekend. I do them for other people's listings if, if they're open to it. Um, I have tried like all of the fancy shit. Like I've tried like coffee and wine and cheese and like balloons and yeah, I've tried a lot of stuff, you know, ultimately as long as you or your transaction manager is putting it in the MLS and Zillow and all those places, it's going to be advertised. I put out like 30 signs for every open house. I put out a lot of signs. So anyone walking their dog or riding their bike knows I'm there. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of twofold. Like one, if it's my listing, I'm trying to sell it. I'm trying to gain hype the seller because that's who i'm working for um and if i'm doing it for another uh agent's listing same kind of thing right you want to be promoting it you're working for the seller to gain attract interest but you're going to meet so many buyers who walk in that door because where do people who are shopping for a home go they go to open houses and so i don't have like any tricks or anything i just i i just stand there and smile and 
if they have questions about the house or the neighborhood or the market, I just answer them and I help them. And <clears throat> if they aren't in a signed agreement with another agent or if they aren't getting the help they need, like if they're looking for, you know, help navigating this very difficult market for a buyer, I'm there. And so, you know, I connect with them, I send them my contact info and answer their questions. And if that leads to a buyer's consultation or a listing consultation, then, then great. You know, I'm, I'm just there to fill the need and, and help people, you know, as best I can. I love that. And I think it really all goes back to the basic principle of just going out there and doing it. It's just like Gussie said, I think a lot of realtors are just scared to go out there and do it because they might get judged or might fail, something like that. But, you know, you got to get that, you got to get the experience somehow. Yeah, you do. I mean, from a, to, to answer the question, like for the new realtor out there, like if you're scared of something, just, just go do it. There's no way you're, there's no better way to get over your fear than by engaging that space. That's uncomfortable for you. Um, and that will naturally lead to a lot of like real estate conversations, enough practice having real estate conversations with real buyers, go to a bunch of open houses and you'll talk to a lot of buyers, exactly. you know, exactly. um, and you're not going to be, you know, it takes time. It takes practice. And if, look, if you hate working with people, first of all, you're probably the wrong business. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you don't like talking to people, I like talking to people. I'm a very social person. Um, and so open houses are a great fit for me because I will meet strangers and we'll talk about stuff. And, if you know, if we have a connection and they need help or they want to know how I've been getting my buyers under contract, we talk about it. It's kind of it. 100%. And yeah. so after that, particular open house like what is your follow-up process like do you just input all these names into a big spreadsheet or like what kind of crm do you use or what does that look like yeah i mean my uh my real estate company 8z real estate we have a crm we use um and you know we are uh we're constantly sending people it's an automated system we send them um uh, coupons like local coupons for like a free beer or a free donut or free coffee that kind of stuff like based on their city um, and so whoever I meet is in there and they're getting these coupons, first of all, cause it's a, it's a touch, right? It's a good way for me to stay connected with them. And it's a free gift. It's cool. Who doesn't love a, a free beer? Um, so that's one of the things we do. And then the rest of it's just based on their needs. You know, if like, Will, you, you said you're thinking about buying a home in the next one or two years. Great. I'll, I'll probably put you in there. So you're getting my coupons, but like, I'm not going to be like, okay, let's go to coffee next week. Cause you're not buying a home for a year or two. Right. But you know, I, I met someone last weekend who wanted to write an offer on the home that I was doing open house for is for my, my partner, another real estate agent. It's like, Oh, okay. We need to get you pre-approved like today. <laughs> and then we need to get on the phone tomorrow morning. And tonight, by the way, I'm going to send you, you know, a contract to a sample contract to review so that you can read the whole damn thing. So that if, if you do want to submit a contract in the morning, you know what you're up, like what to expect. So it, you got to, you know, it just depends on the person. My, to answer your question about the follow-up, it's their level of need. If they need to buy a home or sell a home soon, then I'm going to follow up with them soon. If it's later, I'll follow up with them later. No, gotcha. I think the coupons is a, is a really great way. And if you were adding me to your database, I can't have the beer coupon yet, just so you know. So. Okay. Okay. How, how old are you? How old are you? I'm 20 right now. 20. Well, soon. Yeah. Soon. Very, very soon. You will. That's funny. It's like. You're 20 and it's literally illegal for you to have a beer, like against the law, can go that, to jail kind law. of thing. And as soon as midnight hits that day, Will, the whole like world is like, here, drink, take, <laughs> take beer, please buy alcohol. But you don't have to, Will. 
You don't, you don't have to. Pressure. If you don't want to, gosh, don't That's do that. Never drank in my life. You know, I'm at college. And never drank. Right. Gusty, is he lying? Uh, I, I would venture to say yes. Okay. Okay. Well, it's his podcast, so you know we y'all's podcast. We won't go too much into that, but that's all good. It's all good. Funny. Hey, one thing you mentioned was um, like writing the offer and getting people prepared for um, you know getting the the document signed. You're in a market, or I think most of us are in a market that's pretty difficult for buyers to to get houses. What would you recommend to? you know, say younger and not in like age, I mean, just in terms of how long they've been in the business, uh, what would you recommend to them on winning deals? Yeah. I mean, you're right, Gusty. It is, it is a tough time to be a buyer, right? Full disclosure. I went out shopping with eight buyers this weekend and wrote offers for four of them. And I lost four offers. It's, wow. it's brutal out there. Um, now it just so happens that we lost four offers next weekend. I could win eight, you know, but um, for the new agent, I mean, because it's competitive, first of all, you have to know, you have to know what you're doing. You have to understand contracts in order to help others understand it, right? You have to know your market. So you have to understand, depending on the neighborhood and the price point, the kind of house, how much, how much over asking are you going to have to go in order to get this? Like generally speaking, before you even go out shopping, everything's going to be case by case depending on the house right but you you've got to know that for sure and then the terms you've got to understand like what's an appraisal gap like how likely am i going to be on the hook for this gap depending on how this home is priced versus the comparable home sales how do i write competitive inspection terms to make my offer look good what is a rent back some some buyers and some agents have you know they're not really familiar with rent backs in this market in colorado there's a lot are there a lot of rent backs going on in, in your market in pennsylvania we're, we're having more and more okay so it's getting there but like some a lot of buyers for example they're like oh my lease is up in three months so i've got some time and i ask them have you heard of the rent backs that sellers are asking for and they're like what the hell is that you know mm -hmm. um and out here you can ask for up to 60 days after you close. So let's say you get a home under contract today. We're probably not closing that for three weeks. And if you wrote them a 60 day rent back in the contract, you can't move into the house for three months anyway. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that's an example of the kind of info I prep people with. So for the new agent, you just got to know what's going on in your marketplace. Um, and the, honestly, the best way to do that is to just hang out with other agents who have experience, who are in it, who are writing offers um, so that you know what it takes to help like truly help your clients. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, definitely a tough market. And I think things are going to change shortly because I think the fed is changing interest rates. Um, so in your opinion, like where do you kind of see the market going in the, like this year and the starting next year? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, out here in Denver, we had like 15 to 20% appreciation and a lot of, a lot of different, <laughs> you know, like Denver as a whole, I think it was like 19%. I live in Arvada, it's Northwest Denver. Um, and it was like 17% across the board appreciation. Good time to be a homeowner in Colorado. Um, good time to be a homeowner anywhere really right now. But you're right, Will, rates have been ticking up like a lot. Even though since we set this interview, rates have gone up, you know? So I think that and in talking with, I work with a lot of great lenders and we've been talking with them. They think rates are going to keep going up, but then level out rates this year. I mean, who knows? I mean, I think they've already gone up faster than a lot of people thought they would this year, right? Even lenders. 
Um, it's hard to predict. I wish I could tell the future, but I think largely more of the same low inventory. I mean, until, until we have a, a surplus of inventory or, you know, there's just so much demand for the buyers that gobbles it all up. Like thing, prices aren't going to keep changing until that supply and demand balance is in balance or balanced out, you know, and I don't know when that's going to be. Um, so out here in Denver, at least I see the market really appreciating through the spring, which is typically where we see most of the appreciation between like January and, and May, something like that. We might like last year, I think we saw like half of the appreciation in that time. Um, you know, like, more than 50% of the appreciation in less than, less than 50% of the year, if that makes sense, you know, like in those formats. So I think that's what's going to happen. That's what is happening right now. Like buyers who are not getting in the market right now that are waiting till summer, they're going to pay a shit ton more for that house. Um, and then, you know, I don't know, who knows? We're in this like post COVID world, who knows what's going to happen with the market, but I'm not betting on it crashing. I'm not betting on it going down. I just got my first investment property last year. We're going to get our next one later this year. Like my money's in real estate. So there you go. Well, that, that's a kind of a good roll in is what's your exit strategy? Yeah, that was a, a cool question that you put in there. Uh, I don't really have one right now, um, to be honest. Um, you know, I've thought about uh, how many investment properties it's going to take until that out, out balances my income, you know, or overtakes my income. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to, it's going to take a lot, you know? So one of our, you know, broad goals is to get an investment property every year. A lot of people talk about these goals and, you know, who, who ends up, you know, actually doing it. That's a different thing. Um, but we got our first last year and, uh, you know, we got our eyes on, on the next one this year. And so having that will help for sure. Um, having long-term wealth in a slow drip of, you know, income from investment properties at the same time, catching the long-term growth of appreciation of what the market's going to do. Um, so those are the, that's the biggest vehicle that I'm going to leverage so that I can retire at like 50, for example, um, something like that. I don't have my finger on the pulse of, of the numbers. I got, I got a friend named Sergio who is like, he's got it dialed in. He knows like when he's going to retire with how much he's, he's on a different level. Um, so I'm working on that. I like that. I like yeah. that. Um, talk to us a little bit about your tech stack. Like what all technology are you using to, um, you know, either promote your business or just your day-to-day -day operations of your business. This microphone right here. <laughs> um, I mean, I was telling Will earlier, like I use podcasts to promote, you know, myself, my business, market stats, helpful information. Now I'm doing a podcast on YouTube. Um, I mean, that's, so this is one of the ways that I'm doing it, especially in this, you know, through COVID, you couldn't go out and see people in person, like legally sure. sometimes it was crazy. Right. So like, Online, I think you've got to be online. Um, you know, I use podcasts and video and social media to um, not just stay in touch with people, but as a means to be like effective with my communication, right? So we we have a really cool cash buyer program in house at Eight Z Real Estate, and if you go on my YouTube, you'll see me, you know, a couple of videos about this. I just did one this morning with our founder. It's like a Q and A about our cash buyer program. I'm gonna put that out tomorrow. Um, if you were to say like, tell me about that cash bar program, I would just send you a link to my YouTube page. Like, there you go. I've already explained it. You can just go watch me explain it and then we can have a conversation after. So that helps me to, you know, leveraging technology has helped me be more effective in my communication with my clients. And it's more helpful, honestly. I mean, you got an open house, you don't have 10 minutes with every person to explain something, but I can give a 30 second pitch for what it is and send them a YouTube video. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the pieces. We mentioned that, you know, every realtor's got to have a CRM, some place to have your, your client database organized, yep. right? What do y'all um, use? Boomtown. Boomtown, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, and here's the thing with those, like, in my experience, a CRM, you know, like, is more powerful than a spreadsheet, obviously. But, like, whatever an agent, like, from an agent perspective, whatever you're using, you just have to use it. Like nothing's gonna work on its own. I've tried like four different CRMs. I've, I've tried I've tried a bunch of different stuff. Um, and it's like anything, it's not gonna work unless you actually use it. If you're comfortable with it, you gotta get good at it. You gotta like the platform. So, you know, I don't think it matters which CRM or which kind of spreadsheet or, or whatever, as long as it's something that's organized that you as the agent can go to every day and find the people who need help and help them. Okay. And once again, you know, you just got to go out there and do it. And um, I love what you're saying about the podcast. I'm a biased because I'm a podcast host, but I actually love podcasts too and actually help other realtors start podcasts. And that's one of the Look things you. they just like that's record awesome. like themselves answering these questions. So when the people ask these questions, they can just send them a link to the video and then it's all taken care of. So I'm glad you brought that up because that oh. happened with other realtors as well. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Keep keep promoting the podcasts while you're, you're doing it. 100%. And um, before we're out of time, uh, just a couple more questions. So sure. if you could start over again in your real estate career, is there anything that you would do differently? Ooh, good tough question. One. Oh, man. What's that? Tough one. That's a tough, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I think I would have, uh, I would have learned about the, the seller process um, maybe sooner at the, the first brokerage I was at. Um, I signed up to be in like a team with a Keller Williams team and it was a great managing broker, but I was very much a buyer's agent, you know, um, and Keller Williams has this model. Like it, it, I get it. Like it's one of their things and I signed up for it. And I mean, it, i learned a lot really fast, did 22 deals my first year. Like, um, but they were, you know, most of those were buyers. A couple of them were listings that I secured, but then you have to like let your team leader, like actually handle it and you kind of work together. So, because of that, I didn't really get fully immersed in like what it takes, like the nuances of helping someone sell a home. Um, that's one of the main reasons I switched over to 8Z Real Estate is because they, not only is it a really great company, they're a local brokerage to the front range, um, but they have a really good listing process, like really solid. Um, and I was friends with a realtor who was in it. And then I started talking to other realtors who were at 8Z and uh, yeah. I, and I loved it. And as we all know in real estate, like listings are king, like they're the best. So that's what I would have done differently. Probably is gone after listings sooner. Um, immersed myself in the space sooner about listings versus buyers. Mm, yeah. Gotcha. I love it. And uh, that's all the questions I have. Gus, do you have anything else you want to ask or is that good? I'm good, man. I mean, I, I came in half, so, you know, I don't deserve the questions because I was, I was <laughs> yeah. late. Yeah, I'm analyzing here. myself. Gusty, are you also in Pennsylvania? No, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama. Look at That's you. Right. That's right. Nice. And I, awesome. I, I know Wayne with AZ, 8Z. And, uh, oh, cool. It is, it is a fabulous company. Right on. Um, so cool. uh, very good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If I can ask y'all a question, like what's, I talked with Will a little bit about the tour, but like what's your, what's your goal, you know, with this podcast other than interviewing, um, rookie of the years, you know, like, uh, and promoting podcasts, which is cool. Um, yeah. 
Will, you want to take this one? Or you want me to? You can take it if you want. I, I was here. I was here on time. So, <laughs> <laughs> man, that's that's hard, dude. That's hard. <laughs> Um, man, uh, I, I personally coach and mentor agents, you know, locally, I've got a sales team, um, where we've got 26 agents on my team and then, uh, we've got agents all around the country. And so part of this cool. is it allows me to kind of, uh, kind of tap into great minds all over the country. And then, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm a true teacher. I'm a coach. I'm a mentor at heart. And this allows me to build relationships all around the country. And uh, you just never know what you're going to learn from somebody. And I can learn from somebody like, you know, 20 year old Will that is, you know, killing it in the podcast game. And I can go to Colorado and learn from Marco and, and see he's killing it in the podcast uh, as well. So, you know, it's just uh, building and learning. And I think that, you know, typically when we were talking about rookies of the year, we're talking about high-level individuals. We're talking about people that are hustlers. They're they're willing to do different things. They're problem solvers, and so uh, what we can learn from them can impact and help other people. Right on. Cool. Well, thanks for having me on. It's been great hanging with y'all. I mean, yeah. I'm a fan of real conversations with real people. You know the whole real estate world is seems to kind of have a curtain up between the realtor and the buyer. So that's another reason I love podcasts like this. It's like, let's, let's just break down some of those walls so they can understand, you know, both sides of the coin and, and, you know, people can see right through the fakeness, right? Like a lot of this stuff we're talking about, like behind the scenes of like an open house and like the CRMs and stuff that is not usually client facing. I mean, this kind of stuff I'm again, happy to do with podcasts because I just want people to, you know, kind of see who I am, um, you know, because we're going to be working together on this a lot, you know. So anyway, I think the platform of these kind of podcasts and video specifically is a good way to reach people, make new connections, learn from people, you know. And like you said, Gusty, I'm learning from this guy, Will, 20 years old, real estate license, yeah. helping realtors create podcasts. There's a huge need for that. I just came from my office where we uh, one of our team meetings was uh, about social media. And there's like several agents that are like, what's a real, like what's TikTok, you know? Um, so I do think there's a, there's a need for that will for what you're doing to, to help others and, and leveraging social media and podcasts and video. It's going to be, you know, a game changer for the business and their lives. So keep wow. it up, bro. I appreciate that. It means a lot. Um, all right, guys, there you have it. Mark and Rendazzo, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for checking out the Rookie of the Year podcast. Did you find value in today's episode? If so, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and let us know your biggest takeaway.